Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Eddie. I was surprised to wake up with the sun so bright out. I reached out for my phone to check the time. It was past noon. My mom was supposed to wake me up that day. The plan was to have breakfast at the Museum of Natural History cafeteria and then visit the Skeletons of Extinct Animals exhibit. When my mom heard of the show, she got tickets for us without even asking me. That's because she knows how much I'm into prehistoric animals. I jumped up from the bed in a bad mood. Mom, why didn't you wake me? I yelled, shuffling to the kitchen. But my mom wasn't there. I ran to the living room. There was no one there either, so I thought she had to be in the backyard. Mom, I called out to her. Well, she wasn't there either. I went back to my room. I picked up the phone and called her. The phone started ringing somewhere inside the house. I listened to the ringing to figure out where it was coming from. It was my parents' bedroom. No way! Is mom sleeping in? I said, barging into their bedroom. No one was in there. My mom's phone was on the bed, and it was weird that my dad's phone was also there. So where would mom and dad have gone, leaving their phones behind? Did something happen to them? I was getting anxious waiting for them to come back. At the same time, I was thinking about what I should do. My mom's brother, Uncle Martin, works at the bank next door. He stops by our house every day. It was the weekend, so the bank was closed that day. I still wanted to call my uncle to ask him if he knew what was happening. Uncle Martin, my parents are both gone, but their phones are here. Do you know where they could have gone? My uncle said, I don't know. I'm sure it's nothing to worry about. They'll be home soon. I went to bed. I began watching stuff on YouTube to get my mind off the issue. Speaking with my uncle had only made me more anxious. After a while, I began to nod off. I woke up with a jolt to a voice in the night. I listened carefully. The voice sounded like it was coming from the next room. Mom? I yelled as I was getting up. It was dark inside the house, and no one else was there. I checked the time. It was almost 10. Apparently, I had slept all day. I realized that I hadn't eaten anything either. On my way to the kitchen, I thought I heard that voice again, the one that woke me. It sounded like screaming. It sounded like my mom's voice. 
It was coming from inside the wall. I put my ear against the wall when I heard the voice calling, Eddie! Eddie! I was scared. For a while, I stood staring at the wall in disbelief. I didn't have a choice. I had to listen to what it was saying, even though I was terrified. When I placed my ear against the wall, I heard the same voice. It was muffled, and I could barely understand what it was saying. All I could make out was my mom's voice screaming my name. What was my mom doing inside the wall? This doesn't make sense. Mom can't be inside the wall, I said, trying to stay calm. Then I got an idea. The basement. Mom's in the basement. I ran to the basement door. The door to the basement is always locked because it's infested with mice. When I touched the knob, the door creaked open. It had been a long time since we'd been down there. Inside, there was a dim light. Mom? I called out to her from the top of the stairs. At that moment, I clearly heard my mom say, Eddie! Eddie, honey! We're in here! I called out to her again as I nervously went down the stairs. Thank God, Eddie, Mom said. We're here. Come over here, honey. I could hear her clearly, but she still sounded muffled. As I came closer to the light, I saw dirt on the floor. Mom, is Dad there too? I asked. She replied, yes, he's here, honey, but he doesn't feel well. We need your help. There were quite a few buckets under the light, and they were all filled with dirt. I looked up at the wall. It looked like a tunnel, but the entrance was caved in. Mom, what's going on? Why are you in there? I asked. Honey, it's a tunnel. Your dad started feeling faint as he was digging last night. I came in to help him, but the ground above us collapsed, and we got trapped, Mom replied. Mom, why was dad digging a tunnel? I said in shock. She said, Eddie, I'll tell you everything, but you have to call your uncle and tell him to come over. We need to get your dad out of here right now. I ran upstairs, called my uncle, and told him everything. He arrived half an hour later, holding a shovel and a spade. My uncle and I started working. He carefully began removing dirt from the front of the tunnel. I started filling the buckets with soil and running up the stairs to dispose of the earth in our backyard. We dug out the entrance of the tunnel for hours. Finally, I could see my parents. My dad was lying on the ground. My uncle jumped in to help him up. He took him by the arm and carried him out of the tunnel. My mom was crying. I've been screaming for hours so that you could hear me. You found us just when I thought I couldn't scream any longer. You saved us, honey, my mom said, hugging me. I looked around. Mom, why was dad digging this tunnel in the first place? I asked. I'll tell you everything, but first I need to attend to your father. Let's get out of here, she said, running up the stairs. I was left alone inside the tunnel, so I decided to look around. I wondered how long my dad had been digging. I walked deep inside. My dad had built a wooden structure to prevent the tunnel from collapsing. He even installed a power line and lit up the place with light bulbs. It was an engineering marvel. I was impressed. There was something sparkly on the ground that caught my attention. I looked down to investigate. Mom had dropped one of her earrings. There was a long tooth right next to the earring. I held it in my hand. It looked like a fang, but it was gigantic. Just then, I heard my uncle's voice. He was standing at the edge of the tunnel and calling out to me. The tunnel's not safe. Please, get out of there, he said. I pocketed the fang. When I went upstairs, I saw my dad lying in bed. How are you doing? I asked him. I was having difficulty breathing down there, but I'm okay now, he replied. 
Mom said, I'm sure you have lots of questions. What I'm about to tell you may be upsetting. The doctors diagnosed me with a muscular disease. If I don't get treatment, I'll be bedridden. We found that it's treatable, but we can't afford the medicine. Your uncle realized that the vault of the bank he works for is on the same level as our basement. Even though it's a crazy idea, he told us we could reach the vault by digging a tunnel from our basement. Your dad has been digging this tunnel for four months. We know this isn't right. Your dad is making this sacrifice for me, and we only plan on taking the two million dollars we need. Why didn't you tell me you were sick? We could have figured something out, I said, hugging my mom. I couldn't sleep that night. What if they get caught? I'd lose them both. The thought upset me deeply. That night, I remembered the fang I found in the tunnel. I got up from the bed and pulled the tooth from the pants I had worn earlier. I picked it up to give it a closer look. A tooth this big could only belong to a wild animal, but it made no sense for a wild animal of that size to have died in the middle of the city. I searched for wild animal teeth on Google. This fang was bigger than any of the ones I found online. I decided to pay the tunnel another visit. Maybe I could find other body parts belonging to the animal. I scanned the walls and the floor with a flashlight. I didn't find anything. Just as I was leaving, I saw another fang on the ground. I tried pulling on it hard, but it wouldn't budge. I found a piece of wood and used it to unearth the rest of the tooth. Suddenly, it dawned on me. The tooth was still connected to a jawbone. After working on it for some time, I uncovered an entire jawbone attached to a skull. It was gigantic and must have belonged to a prehistoric animal. I carried the skull into my room and started searching online. What I discovered literally sent shivers up my spine. What I had found in our basement was a T-Rex. There was a T-Rex skull in my room. I didn't sleep that night. When my parents woke up, I told them about the skull. At first, they didn't believe me. They said it must belong to some other animal. They were only convinced after I showed them some different T-Rex skull samples. When I said, Mom, we can sell this online and pay for your treatment, they stared at me. Could this skull be worth that kind of money? Dad asked. Of course. We found America's first T-Rex fossil, I replied in excitement. The next day, we went to the Museum of Natural History. The museum director said, This is a huge discovery. If I'm being honest, private collectors would pay at least $15 million for such a specimen. Unfortunately, we have a limited budget. We can only offer you $3 million. That amount was more than enough to cover my mom's treatment, so we accepted their offer. I didn't want this incredible T-Rex fossil to gather dust in some private collector's home. It had to be publicly displayed for visitors coming from all over the world. My mom got her treatment with the money we made from the fossil. My parents thank me all the time, but my dad deserves the real credit. Thanks to him, I got to touch a real T-Rex skull. We still have the tunnel. Sometimes I lightly scratch the dirt to see if I can find the remains of another dinosaur. I have yet to find anything, but I'm hopeful. I believe that our T-Rex wasn't alone. Ms. Lopez was easily the best-looking teacher at our school. So sometimes I gave her compliments, like, Miss Lopez, you look stunning today. Oh, thank you. That means a lot coming from a handsome boy like you. She gave me a kiss on my cheek, and my classmates were shocked. How could a teacher flirt so openly with her student? Well, for the school's Christmas party, Miss Lopez came dressed like a stripper Santa. I'm not exaggerating. 
The principal even made her change her outfit because it was too short. That's the kind of woman she was. But then I failed my Spanish exam and asked Miss Lopez if she would let me pass the course anyway. She responded, Okay, let's make a deal. I will give you a B-plus on your report card if you give me a compliment that makes me blush. Oh, <laughs> well, that's easy, Miss Lopez, because you are so beautiful that I would date you even if you were my own daughter. I wondered if I had gone too far, but she <laughs> bursted out laughing and said, You little perv, you have such a dirty mind. But okay, I'll let you pass the course. Maybe we flirted too much, though, because rumors spread that Miss Lopez and I were having an affair. The guys thought it was cool and gave me props, but one girl couldn't take it. My annoying girlfriend, Whitney. She completely freaked out when Miss Lopez told me, I can't believe you haven't found a girlfriend yet. You are such a cutie. I am his girlfriend, and now stop hitting on him, you shameless tramp! What? He is dating you? What a shame. He could do so much better. If that wasn't mean enough, Miss Lopez asked me to stay for a private talk after class. Problem was that Whitney refused to leave my side. She said, You are just a sad old lady who can't find a guy. That's why you're trying to steal my boyfriend away from me. <laughs> oh, I can have any man I want. But your boyfriend and I have a special connection. I just can't get him out of my mind. As revenge, Whitney drew an unflattering caricature of her on the blackboard. When Miss Lopez saw it, she immediately said, Whitney, did you draw that? Huh? Why? Does the drawing remind you of someone? Look, if you have a problem with my clothing style, just tell it to my face. That's not a style. It's an embarrassment. Well, why don't we ask the guys? Hey, listen up. If you think I'm better dressed than Whitney, please raise your hand. All the boys sided with Miss Lopez, and Whitney got so mad, I had to stop her from throwing her water bottle at her. And the following week, we went on a three-day class trip. We wanted to do a canoe tour, so Miss Lopez split us up into teams of two. When I was left without a partner, she said, Looks like we are together, my cutie. No way! My boyfriend stays with me! Actually, I am the teacher, and I get to decide. Whitney threw a huge tantrum, and Miss Lopez was forced to call her parents so they would pick her up. But first, Whitney took me aside and said, Promise me to stay away from that witch! I can't. She's my teacher. And I am your girlfriend, and you do what I tell you to do! But of course I didn't. The canoe tour was awesome. Miss Lopez wore a hot sundress, and we had a nice chat. There's something wrong with your girlfriend. Yeah, she's kind of annoying. Have you ever dated a real woman? Not just a girl? I don't think so. Not yet. Well, I think I can change that. What do you think? Can you put some sunscreen on my shoulders? Touching and massaging her skin felt so good. But we didn't go any further. Not even a little kiss. Only on the last night of our trip, Miss Lopez came to my bed and whispered, I want you to act sick tomorrow morning, so we can stay here another night while everyone else drives home. She didn't have to ask twice. I pretended to have a bad stomachache, and then Miss Lopez came into the dorm, saying, Oh, my poor baby, you look awful. You are not fit to go in the bus and drive home. But don't worry, I will take care of you. It was perfect. 
Once everyone was gone, Ms. Lopez put her arms around me and kissed me on my mouth. We kept going for hours until I got a message from Whitney asking, Why didn't you come back home? You were sick. Of course, I didn't respond. Ms. Lopez was more important than my girlfriend. But in the evening, we went to a pub, and that's when Whitney stormed in. She threw Miss Lopez to the ground and screamed, There you are! Seducing teenagers! You should go to prison for the rest of your life! Stop it, Whitney! I'm 18! Miss Lopez and I can do whatever we want! Yeah, listen to your boyfriend. He likes me more than you. She leaned over and started kissing me again. It was so good, but then Whitney pulled Ms. Lopez's hair again and they started fighting over me. It was a lot of fun to watch, but I had to separate them. Whitney, go home. I'm breaking up with you. Ha! Huh, you lost. Your boyfriend chose me because I'm way hotter than you. That's when Whitney started crying. I felt bad and wanted to give her a hug. But Ms. Lopez stepped between us and threw her beer all over Whitney. You get what you deserve, Chica. Then Miss Lopez took me to her room and we made out until sunrise. It was the best night of my life, even though I still felt guilty. When I got back home, I immediately messaged Whitney. I'm sorry for how I treated you and I hope I haven't hurt you too badly. She responded with photos of Miss Lopez's car. The windows were smashed and the whole car was covered in graffiti with nasty words on it. I guess women are just crazy when it comes to dating men. Hi, my name's Josh. I grew up poor. My mom and dad did try their best, but having had no education themselves, they found it hard to find jobs that would pay enough money to raise four kids. Dad was a janitor at our local high school, and mom did whatever work she could find. She washed people's laundry, did some babysitting, and from time to time, she would go to people's houses and clean for them. It wasn't easy having a life like that in high school, especially because most of the kids there had money. One time, a couple of girls got jealous that I won an essay writing competition over them, so they took it out on me. They just gave him the prize because he needs the money. I mean, look at his shoes. There are holes everywhere. You might as well go barefoot. Yeah, Josh lives in a trailer park. His mom does our laundry. My mom only hires her out of pity. Did you know we have to have our clothes washed twice because every time Josh's mom does it, it comes back smelling like poverty? I used to fight back whenever people insulted my mom and dad. But I landed in the principal's office so many times because of it that my mom begged me to just keep my head down. And I did. I just endured their ridicule no matter what. I would look at the ground and walk away. It was worse when they found out about my dad. I was backstage doing some lighting work for the theater group when I realized I'd forgotten my lunch at home. Dad appeared backstage with his mop and bucket and he handed me the brown paper bag that my sandwich was in. I thanked him and he left. But after that, my classmates laughed at me. Yo, check it out! Josh's dad is the school janitor! <laughs> wow, must be nice to have the world's worst janitor as your dad! <laughs> Bet you he can't keep their house clean either! <sighs> What's it like to have a dad who earns minimum wage, Josh? Honestly, I was just glad to have graduated high school. I had no fond memories of those years. As soon as I graduated, I went straight to work. I promised myself I would save up and get out of that town as soon as I could. But 
my plans didn't work out the way I hoped. And being a waiter isn't the most glamorous job in the world. Customers are always complaining about the most ridiculous things. And they blame me as if it was my fault. One time, this lady shouted at me for her drink being room temperature. I apologized, but she poured the drink on my head and demanded to speak to the manager. Uh, Ma'am, you told me you didn't want ice in your iced coffee. Of course, coffee being a hot beverage, if it wasn't mixed with any ice, it would be hot. I even gave her the added courtesy of shaking it with ice and then picking out the ice myself just so the drink would cool down without getting watered down. And I let the drink chill in the blast freezer just to make sure it was cold. But she sat there, outside on a hot summer's day, chatting away with her friends for a good hour before she even touched her drink. I was happy to exchange the drink for a new one, but then she started yelling at me. My manager, of course, sided with her. And he banished me to the kitchen for the day. He also took my tips for the entire day just for that. That scenario wasn't new for me either. My boss has always had it out for me ever since I started working there. And I'd quit if I had any other choice. But money was tight, and I needed the job. Our town was small, and having a job and keeping it was a privilege. All the waiters, waitresses, and cooks in that place weren't fans of Doug. That's the manager's name. We've complained constantly to the owner. But every single time we tell her that Doug was stealing our tips, or that he was pocketing money out of the cash register, we get ignored! It was probably because Doug was the owner's boyfriend on the side. Yep, the owner was married. And as far as we know, the only reason Doug can't be fired is because he can destroy the owner's marriage. He did whatever he liked at the restaurant. He'd come in late, treat the staff and the customers like we were trash, some days, he didn't even bother coming in. Those were the best days. The restaurant would be full, we would all work smoothly, and we gotta keep all of our tips. But one day, everything became too much, and I finally reached my limits with Doug. I was cleaning up a table when I felt someone bump into me, and then an unholy cascade of lava splashed onto me and flowed down my leg. I screamed in pain! And when I looked back, I saw the most angelic girl that I'd ever laid eyes on. I was so confused. My eyes were experiencing heaven, and my legs were experiencing a nightmare. Oh my god! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I tried to smile at her, but all I managed was a wince of pain. Oh, <laughs> it, it's no trouble, Miss... I Oh, I'm so sorry you your drink spilled. I, I, uh, oh, I'll get you a new one right away. A crowd began to gather around us and people fussed over me. I could barely stand straight for all the pain I was feeling. But I kept a smile on and told them I was okay. Dude, you gotta go to the hospital. Or at least let us get you some first aid. There's some ointment in the back. Ah! <sighs> It's really nothing. I'm fine. It's just a bit hot. Nonsense. At least let me take a look at it. I'm studying to become a doctor. It was at that moment that Doug appeared from behind the crowd, already annoyed. What is this? Who's causing a scene at my restaurant? Mm, oh, it's you. Get back to work, all of you. You, customers. Get back to your seats right now!
That's not a nice way to talk to people. Oh, yeah? And who might, uh, you be? Doug backtracked as soon as he saw how beautiful Kendall was. And suddenly, he was all smiles. I... <clears throat> I'm sorry, I must have gotten caught up in the moment there. Please, miss, what seems to be the problem? Maybe I can assist. You! Josh! What did you do this time? Kendall tried to explain that it was her fault. She told Doug that he was busy with her phone and didn't see me cleaning the tables, but Doug wouldn't hear of it. I think he wanted to impress Kendall and show her he was the boss, but it's definitely not working for her. Doug demanded that I go back to work while Kendall insisted that she wanted to take me to a hospital. When Doug wouldn't budge, Kendall told him that I should at least get some first aid and a bit of rest. I was starting to feel dizzy, but Doug insisted I go to the kitchen and make him a sandwich. boss I'm not feeling too good. Let him sit down for a bit. If you don't get up right this instant, you're fired! I don't know why I was so out of it. My legs hurt, but it wasn't that. And then I realized that I hadn't eaten for over a day, and I hadn't slept for two days either. I had been working double shifts because someone didn't show up for their shift yesterday, and Doug demanded that I fill in. I felt myself grow faint, and I woke up with beeping noises around me. I'm glad you're awake. Where... Where am I? You're at my mom's hospital. You fainted. A doctor came in who looked exactly like her, and I was shocked to find out that that was her mom. They looked like sisters! The doctor checked up on me and told me I was going to be okay, and that my stay at the hospital was free. Kendall told me that I'd been asleep for an entire day, and my stomach sank. Oh, no. My job. Kendall looked downcast. She told me that Doug fired me for missing work, and I lost hope. I had no way to help my parents, and we were already struggling to pay for my brother's tuition. I'm sorry. I... I tried to stop him, but... It's all right. Thank you. For helping me. But it's not all doom and gloom. I actually came to tell you I wanted to help. Kendall introduced me to her dad. And she gave me the best news I'd heard all month. Her dad owned the largest restaurant franchise in the state. And she convinced him to hire me. I worked hard when I was finally back on my feet. I learned quickly and adapted to my new job. I stayed late, and I was the first to get there every day. And that really impressed my manager. And so, I got promoted. A few months later, Kendall's dad called me to the headquarters and told me that my talents were better used as a regional manager. He told me he wanted me to train other employees. And just like that, my life changed. I was earning so much more that I was able to send my brothers to college. And I helped my parents pay off their mortgage. After that, I managed to buy my own franchise from Kendall's dad. He was so proud of how far I'd come that at one of our company's parties, he gave me an award. Through the years, Kendall and I saw each other frequently. We started dating the night I got that award. 
We moved in together when my franchise won Best Restaurant in Town. My restaurant was doing so well, it put other restaurants out of business. One day, my old manager came begging me for work. I laughed in his face. Oh, you still work there? You never got promoted? Aw, so sad. But all the positions in my restaurant have been filled. Unless you want to apply as a janitor. Anything, anything, please! My girlfriend kicked me out when she found a younger boyfriend. Now, I have no money! Kendall was against hiring him. But honestly, I did it for my own satisfaction. I had a lovely time ordering Doug around like he used to do with me. At the company Christmas party, Kendall's dad invited all the employees of his corporation. There must have been at least 3,000 people. I gathered you all here today not just to celebrate the holidays, but to make two very big announcements. I am stepping down as the CEO. And that's because I finally found a worthy successor. Everyone gasped. All the top managers were on the edge of their seats. I would have liked to pass this on to my daughter, but since she's following her mom's footsteps, I think it best go to Josh, since he's going to be my son-in-law soon enough. The room was shocked at the double reveal. That's right. Your new CEO, Josh Ryman, is now officially engaged to my lovely daughter. Give them a round of applause. And as the room erupted with thunderous cheer, I pulled Kendall close and kissed her. I was so proud. Just goes to show, no matter the odds, working hard always pays off. Once upon a time, there lived a boy raised by a horrible, terrible mother who only knew how to make him feel like he didn't deserve anything in the world. That boy grew up to live a life filled with suffering which led him to a path of destruction. But there is hope at the end of the tunnel. Hi everyone, my name's Axel. My parents fought a lot. Every day, multiple times a day. It was like being in the middle of a war zone. Only the weapons they use are words. My earliest memory was of hearing my mom shouting at my dad for not being able to afford to buy her a diamond necklace like her friend Sarah's husband. Sarah lived two houses down the street, and mom and her would spend afternoons trying to outdo each other. They acted like they were friends, but really, they were fierce rivals who always tried to outdo each other. My dad tried. He tried to be calm around her, tried to be nice and give her everything. But one day... Mom hit Dad with her fist when he found out she was cheating, and he left without another word. I was ten when Dad left. Apparently, Mom started cheating on him ages ago with Sarah's husband, and she was stealing from the family business. Well, the day my dad left, the family business left with him, and Mom didn't like that one bit. She took that anger out on me. Sometimes she'd starve me on purpose, or she'd leave the house, only returning weeks later. I had to fend for myself early. Boyfriend after boyfriend came and went so quickly into our house that Mom should have just had a revolving door installed. My favorite was Tim. At least he let me keep the change whenever he'd asked me to buy him his drinks at the corner shop. And he didn't push me around like the others. Him and Mom lasted about a month. I grew up with zero self-esteem. Mom always made me feel like I was worthless. If you hadn't been born, your dad would still be here. Now look at us. 
We're poorer than rats. I was over her crap that week. I was already so tired from doing all the house chores and cooking her every meal that I finally snapped. Dad's gone because of you! You klepto, cheating, gold digging, slap! Mom left a stinging sensation across my cheek. And when she saw that I was trying my best not to show that I was about to cry, she decked me in the guts and I fell to the floor. She threw me out of the house that day. I didn't have anything but the clothes I was wearing on my back. I was lucky that my best friend Cole's mom was chill and took pity on me. I even joked about wanting to get adopted by a hot mom like her to Cole, and he immediately gave me a quick kick in the knee. It was around that time that I met Haley. I was depressed. I had no home, and I was wondering how I could ever make something of myself in the world without a family. But then I met her. And when I met Haley, my dark world suddenly became bright. I woke up every day like it was the best day ever. And whenever she smiled at me, I felt like I could do anything. Thing is, I had no business jumping into relationships. Especially not before dealing with what I got going on. Oh, I was horrible at it. The only people I could model from was my parents. And I thought that was what love looked like. I was... Basically a simp. I did everything Haley asked. I gave her whatever she wanted. And when I couldn't give it to her, I felt bad and made myself feel bad. I thought I would never become like my parents. But I unconsciously did anyway. Haley and I fought every day. When we graduated, she spit on my face and broke up with me in front of our classmates. I am so glad I'm moving to Colorado for college. Now this can finally be over. By the way, I only used you so I could copy off of you during exams. You'll never be worthy of me. Or any girl. You'll never be anything. I cried a lot. I'm not ashamed to say it. But Cole and his mom were there for me. But eventually I moved out of there. They told me I was welcome to stay, but I just felt bad just taking from them and never being able to give back anything. So I took my chances and went to Hollywood. Now, I wasn't bad-looking, and I was quite tall, so I thought I'd do some modeling. I got a job as a waiter and went to a few auditions. Honestly, I landed my first break out of pure luck. I was just walking to get some milk when some random lady stopped me and handed me her card. That very next day, I was called in to shoot a commercial. I went to Hollywood to try some runaway modeling. It turned out, I was pretty good at acting. So after my first commercial, that same lady who found me became my manager and she helped me book TV gigs. Nothing special, I would usually just be someone in the background. But then, one day one of the actors got sick and they needed a replacement. I immediately volunteered. The director was already frustrated so he just waved yes. And that was the beginning of an awesome career. I did hit TV shows, movies with the best of the best, and soon enough, I was able to give back to Cole and his mom. I bought them a much nicer house, and I always send them tickets to any of my shows and red carpets. But then, years later, tragedy struck. I was in the middle of giving a press conference for having received my very first award when I got the call that Cole had passed away. He had a heart attack, and he was so young. I couldn't eat or sleep for days. 
I flew home and helped Cole's mom get through it. But when I flew back, I felt like I couldn't deal with it myself. I was just going through the motions, smiling for the cameras, waving to people. But inside, I felt dead. Until I saw Violet. She was crying, waving her hand so desperately at me, wanting me to sign her autograph. And you know what? When I saw her, it was like the sun was shining on me. The world stopped. I never felt like that in a very long time, so I invited her back to my hotel, and we fell in love with each other instantly. Violet was probably the most beautiful girl in the world, and the world agreed. We were the cover story of every tabloid and entertainment magazine for weeks. They were all talking about our mysterious whirlwind romance. Violet was there for me. She helped me get through my grief, and she made the world a happy place again. I spent every free moment I had with her. I visited her family, and I even became pretty good friends with her sister who turned out was obsessed with the same video game as I was. We bonded a lot through that. While Violet was out shopping with my bodyguard, Kelly and I would spend hours just playing on the PlayStation. I felt happy. I found somewhere I belonged again. With Violet as the woman of my dreams, and Kelly as the sister I never had. The only problem was, maybe Violet was too beautiful? Or, as Kelly put it, too much of a flirt. Every job I had, as soon as they saw what my girlfriend looked like, the director would fire me. And then they'd try to take Violet out. A couple of them even offered her jobs, giving her roles in their movies just so she'd go on dates with them. And I... I felt powerless. She said if I loved her, I would let her do what she wants. She said if I loved her, that I would be happy for her. That I'd be happy that she was getting her own break. I know it was wrong, but I let her bully me into believing that she just wanted what I had. And that she was not, in fact, using me to get her own fame. I loved her so much that I let her walk all over me. One day, she tried to end my career. She called me before I saw the news, telling me that she only did it so that there'd be a buzz around us and her new movie would sell lots of tickets. But when I saw what she'd said about me, I couldn't believe my eyes. In minutes, there were dozens of paparazzi outside my door. I couldn't even go out and get my postmate. Kelly had to literally muscle her way through a bunch of reporters and deliver my food through the back. The next day, the police came and arrested me. I got bailed out, of course. But my career was over. The movies I was working on dropped me. I was blacklisted from clubs and received every hate mail imaginable. Everywhere I went, people asked me the same question. Axel! Axel, over here! Why did you hit her, Axel? I did not hit her! I did not! Yeah, Violet told everyone I hit her. Sure, we fought a lot. Mainly because I would get jealous when I saw her sitting on some gross producer's lap. I never, ever laid a hand on her. That's what I told the judge during the trial. Not a lot of people believed me. Not even my own lawyer. But then, one day, a miracle happened. The people I loved stood up for me. As Violet was telling an elaborate lie about the night I supposedly hit her, my camp called out a witness they were never expecting. Violet's sister. Kelly defied her own sister and told everyone the truth. That, in fact, it was Violet who was always hitting me. 
that the same night she had given me a black eye just because I told her that I didn't want to be with her anymore if she would keep going out with directors and producers. Kelly told everyone how she witnessed Violet on multiple occasions punching me in the gut when her temper rose up. And then, several other witnesses said the same thing. There were even a couple of producers that Violet had cheated on me with who took to the stand. They all said the same thing. The Violet had, on multiple occasions, beat them up. I won that trial, and finally my name was clean again. People who accused me apologized, and Violet was sent to jail for what she did. Now, her career is over, and mine is back on track. And what's more is that I realized there was one person who truly loved me the way love is supposed to be like, and I kicked myself for not seeing it sooner. Kelly, her sister. I took it slow with her, and eventually, I proposed. Now we live a happy life. Three kids and counting. Ever since I was in high school, I wanted to start my own business. The idea of becoming the boss of my own company and managing a group of employees under me really fascinated me. When I told this to my dad, he looked at me as if I had lost my mind. Ethan, just focus on your studies and find a proper job. You already know that we can't afford to invest in some risky business. He shook his head. It's already hard enough to pay for your school. I never asked you to invest, Dad. I told him. I've done some research, and I think I can take out a loan, and... You'll do no such thing! Dad suddenly interrupted me. We're already under a huge debt. Don't make things worse. That was the end of the conversation. It was clear that my family wasn't going to support me in my decision. So, I moved out as soon as I turned 18. I only had a meager amount of savings with me, which I used to rent a small room in a shady part of the city. And obviously, I didn't have money for college, so that was out of the question. But I wasn't going to give up on my dream. I spent about two weeks in my cramped room, forming a business plan and presentation. I was confident about my ideas. Now, I just had to impress the bank manager and take out a loan to get started. I was stopped at the entrance of the bank by the security guard. He measured me from head to toe, narrowing his eyes at my clothes. This isn't a place for homeless people. Eh, go back, he sneered. Excuse me? I glared at him. Is that how you talk to your customers? I'm here for some work. He blocked my way and started arguing with me. Just then, a man wearing a crisp black suit stepped out of the bank. My eyes fell on his ID card. He was the bank manager, Daniel. What's going on? What's all this ruckus? Daniel frowned and then took in my appearance. What's with those filthy clothes? Who allowed you to come here? I was shocked at his tone. Um, I'm sorry, but how does my coming here relate to my clothes? I'm just a regular customer of this bank, and I wanted to take out a loan for my business. I made a detailed proposal and wanted to discuss it with you. Daniel started laughing. <laughs> Are you serious? Customer of this bank? I bet you don't even have a single penny in your account. That was true, but he didn't have to humiliate me for it. Who the heck made this rude guy the bank manager? He snatched the papers containing the business details from my hand and tossed them in the dustbin. I froze in my spot, unable to form words. Stop wasting my time, he yawned. This bank is no place for illiterates like you. 
The security guard started dragging me away from the entrance. My body was trembling with rage. You're going to regret this! I yelled at Daniel. I'll come back again and get you kicked out of here! Then we'll see who's the real illiterate one here! He just rolled his eyes. Yeah, 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 keep dreaming! I got back home and fell into despair. What happened at the bank was something I could never have anticipated. That guy not only insulted me, but also belittled my dreams. I was feeling hopeless and defeated. When my doorbell suddenly rang. That was weird. I never get visitors. I opened to find two women standing in front of me. Um, hi, I'm Jessica, Daniel's wife, and this is my daughter, Bella. The older lady introduced while pointing toward her daughter. I crossed my arms across my chest. What? Did Daniel send you to ridicule me further? Go ahead and make fun of my living conditions. I want to see what you come up with. Oh, no. Please don't lump me together with that loser. Bella made a face. I'm already ashamed to be related to him. Huh? Was she being serious? We saw everything that happened at the bank, Jessica said sadly. I'm really sorry about Daniel. I must have been really out of my mind when I fell in love with that man. Seriously, Mom? Bella sighed, touching my arm. You should have chosen someone like Ethan. He's so cool and composed. Not to mention insanely smart. Jessica smiled. Well, I can always choose him now. My eyes widened. Uh, just what was going on? Both of them started laughing when they saw how puzzled I was. Sorry to confuse you. I was talking about your business proposal. Jessica waved some papers in front of me. Bella and I picked it out from the trash, and it was definitely worth it. This is a genius plan. We're interested in investing. My jaw dropped. Uh, wait, what? You mean you want to fund my startup? Yes, Ethan. Bella nodded, coming closer to me. We really like your ideas. And I think it's going to be successful. If funding is the problem, then leave it to us. Could this day get any more bizarre? First, I was kicked out by the bank manager, and now his wife and daughter wanted to help me? Well, I wasn't complaining. It's not like I had anything to lose, so I thanked them and agreed to their suggestion. And within the next few days, I had my own office in front of the very same bank that had refused my entry. Bella and Jessica may have helped me with it, but I was still very careful not to waste a single penny. My lifestyle hadn't changed. I was surviving on instant noodles and wearing rag-like clothes. Any and every profit that I made from my business was reinvested back into it. Of course, my work didn't go unnoticed by Daniel. Him and his stupid colleagues were obsessed with me. Yeah, obsessed is the right word for it. They couldn't just leave me alone. They made it a point to stop by my office every day and make sarcastic comments in front of my clients and customers. Thankfully for me, my clients had brains and didn't pay attention to them. One day, they played a really humiliating prank on me. I came to my office and was bathed with dirty sewage water as soon as I opened the door. I heard loud laughter and looked up to find Daniel and his friends watching me and clicking pictures on their phone. <laughs> Would you look at that? Is that a new trend among homeless people these days? 
Daniel sneered. Ha! <laughs> your childishness makes me believe that you're back in eighth grade, Daniel. I smirked. Make sure you take your lessons properly this time. Don't want you growing into an illiterate and immature adult again. Daniel fisted his hands, looking embarrassed as his colleagues snickered at him. How dare you! Do you think you can- Tad, stop this nonsense! Bella came rushing to my side and gasped when she saw my state. Bella? Uh, what are you doing here? Daniel asked in surprise. I'm here to see Ethan, she replied angrily. I can't believe I just witnessed you pulling pranks on a guy who's like half your age. Are you really that insecure? Uh, 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 what? Daniel's eyes flashed. How can you take his side? I'm your dad. I wish you weren't. Bella yelled at him and I felt sorry for her. I glanced around and noticed Jessica standing in a corner and watching everything silently. She seemed to be equally mad, but her eyes were glued onto Bella's hand that was holding mine. Why did she seem... jealous? Maybe I was just imagining things. I see now! You've been using my daughter's kindness for this crappy business of yours! Daniel glared at me. No matter what you do, you'll never be worthy of her! Don't even get any funny ideas in your head! Shut up! You have no right to say that! Bella intervened. Daniel just huffed and walked away, his minions following after him. Bella turned to me with sad eyes. I'm so sorry, Ethan. You don't deserve to be treated this way. It's fine. It's not your fault anyway. You've already done a lot for me, and I'm really grateful. I can't wait until the day I can pay you back. Bella opened her mouth to protest, but was interrupted by Jessica, who came and just hugged me without warning. Whoa! I'm really dirty right now! I exclaimed. I don't care! Let me just have this moment, Ethan! Jessica sobbed. I'm feeling so ashamed on my husband's behalf! Bella pulled her away from me. Mom, are you crazy? Go and talk to your husband if you're that concerned. Leave Ethan alone! Jessica frowned. You're still a kid, Bella. Stay out of this. I watched the two of them in shock as they argued back and forth. Why did it feel like they were competing over me? Whatever. Jessica turned away from Bella and handed me a business card. This is the bank director's contact. He's a really good man. You should talk to him. After she left, Bella grabbed my hand. Ethan? I'm not as influential as my mom, and I can't do much to help you, but I really like you. Will you go out with me? I'd understand if you want to say no. Why would I say no, silly? I smiled and shook my head. I like you too, Bella. And no, it's not because you're helping me or because you're rich. I like you as a person. It'd be a pleasure to date you. That's how Bella and I started dating. Jessica didn't seem very pleased with this and tried to always cause a rift between us. But I ignored her and focused on my business, which had really taken off within a matter of weeks. I was now rich enough to live in a bungalow, wear branded clothes, and drive a Lambo. People were queuing up in front of my workspace for job interviews. The same bank employees who used to mock me were now jealously eyeing my Lambo. Some even applied for a job in my company, but of course I had no use for jerks like them. 
Now there was only one thing left to do. Meeting the bank director with a very special business proposal, I entered the bank, only to come face to face with Daniel again. Who lets you in? You won't get any loan from this bank! He shrieked. Security! Throw him out! I'm here to meet the director, I said calmly. This world doesn't revolve around you. Get out of my way. But he didn't listen. Once again, the security guard dragged me out. My employees were enraged to see this and started a massive protest rally right outside the bank. Daniel's face went pale. I bet he wasn't expecting this. The media arrived to cover the protest and moments later, the director arrived too. He immediately walked up to me and escorted me inside. Daniel was sweating buckets at this point. My meeting with the director was not about getting a loan, but rather, I wanted a stake in the bank. Everything went smoothly and I was able to sign the deal. Everyone was summoned inside and the director announced me as the majority shareholder. And so the power to take decisions is with Mr. Ethan, he told everyone. And I almost laughed out loud when I saw Daniel's face. He knew he was doomed. This bank will now work on providing loans to young entrepreneurs. And we want employees who recognize talent. And you? I pointed at Daniel. You're fired. And so are your minions. What? You can't do this! He protested. He can, and he did, Bella said, coming to my side and flaunting her engagement ring to the crowd. What do you think now, Dad? Isn't he very worthy of me? She let out a sarcastic smile. Daniel was speechless. Just then, there was a loud shriek and Jessica emerged from the crowd, looking frustrated and angry. And I'm leaving you, you sorry excuse of a human! She tossed the divorce papers at his face. I couldn't help but recall the day I had first met him. I told him he'd regret it. I'm David. I've always worked hard. As a kid, I did paper routes, opened lemonade stands, and mowed our neighbor's lawns to help my parents with money. I was 12 when I lost them. That was when I had to move in with my granny. She was the only family I had left, and she had an even harder time making sure we didn't starve. She was old and was long retired. So sometimes we would go days without water or electricity because we couldn't afford to pay the bills. Meals on Wheels was awesome because they would bring Granny a couple meals every day. Unfortunately, I wasn't entitled to one. But Granny would always split the meal between us. It always made me cry how she would give me most of it. I promised her I would work hard so we would never have to be hungry ever again. And that's what I just did. I worked three jobs as soon as I was in high school. I was doing a shift at the ice cream shop when I got the call that Granny was rushed to the hospital. And I never saw her again. She left me the house in her will. I guess living a life where money could have made a huge difference taught me to be generous and to work harder than anyone else. And that's why I promised myself when I had my own family, I would work to give them everything they needed. I was generous to my friends, and I was very generous to my girlfriend. Her name's Sally and we met at the pizzeria I used to work at. I was closing up, and she slipped in just a few seconds before I closed the door. I never liked when people do that. But Sally... <laughs> Sally was pretty and funny and very persuasive. So I made her a pepperoni like she asked, and from that moment on, she was my girl. I loved being with her. The only thing that got in the way was my best friend, Ruby. 
Sally didn't like her at all. Pretty sure she's jealous of how close we are. Where have you been, babe? I've been calling you for hours. I was at Ruby's. I told you I'd be at Ruby's. Then why won't you text me? Because my phone died because you kept calling me every hour. I swear, one of these days, I will find out what you guys do at Ruby's house. The same thing we do and have done every week, even before I met you. The boys and I like to hang there to play D&D. Remember, I invited you to one and you said it was gross and dorky and you never want to go again. Whatever. I don't like how she looks at you. I keep telling her she has nothing to worry about. But every time Ruby and Sally's paths crossed, I swear, Sally would look like she's about to throw down. I mean, I get why she was insecure. Ruby was very, very pretty. Way prettier and way funnier and way more interesting than Sally. But the thing was, we were really just best friends. She was one of the boys, and she was like a little sister to me. Not like I don't show Sally enough how much I loved her. I gave her six out of seven days in the week. I drove to her whenever she needed me. I picked her up and dropped her off to work. And whatever she wanted to get, I would buy for her. That was mainly why Ruby didn't like Sally. You realize she's taking advantage of you, right? What do you mean? She's treating you like an ATM, an Uber driver, and a servant. All rolled up in one convenient package. She doesn't love you. She's using you. It's not like that. Oh, yeah? Has she ever bought you anything? Even something as small as a coffee? No. But, no buts. She's using you and you need to wake up. I didn't want to believe her. But I did get curious. But the moment I brought up the subject with Sally, she blew up on me. She slapped me and ran out of the house and didn't speak to me for a week. When she did talk to me again, it was only because I had bought her the ring she'd been wanting me to buy for her for months. So, I guess I kind of saw Ruby's point. After that fight, Sally became even more forceful with the things she wanted me to spend my money on. If I didn't bring her a gift on every date, she would sulk. And when we passed by a car lot, she went absolutely bonkers when she saw a pristine white G-Wagon there. Please? Please, can we get it? We can sell your old car and share this one, please? I promise I'll be a good girl. I'll even drive you for a change. Wow. She was offering to do something for me? She must really want that car. Nevertheless, I couldn't afford it yet, so I told her I would think about it. Sally threw a tantrum. She didn't talk to me for two weeks. She blocked me everywhere. But then she'd unblock me again, and she would send me texts saying it was because of Ruby. You're leaving me for her, aren't you? You haven't even given me flowers in ages. Why aren't you texting me back? Buy me the car, or I'm leaving you. She would send me these texts in the middle of the night. So, of course, I wouldn't be able to reply. Nevertheless, Sally still insisted that I was ignoring her on purpose. She came back to me because her car got impounded, and she had no ride to and from work. That's kind of when I finally realized that my girlfriend was just using me for the things I could give her. So I promised myself one thing. I would become the man who could afford everything she ever wanted in life. I worked long nights and weekends. 
I took more workload than I ever had. I went to networking events and learned more about the business. I got promoted, and six months later, I got promoted again. I got named Employee of the Year, and Sally was right there with me, flaunting her newest dress and the shiny jewelry she bought with my money. But that night, I didn't go home to celebrate with her. I went to Ruby's, where all my real friends were, where the people who didn't just see me as a bank account were. That was when I finally broke down in front of Ruby. You were right. She... Sally's just using me. I don't want to say I told you so, but... I found her phone. While I was doing the laundry, she left it open on the bathroom sink. Wait, uh, where's this going? She has another boyfriend, Ruby, and she's been using my money to take him on dates. I cried on Ruby's shoulder that night, and surprisingly for both of us, we ended up kissing. I had trouble sleeping. I couldn't stop thinking about that night. When I kissed Ruby, and she kissed me back, I thought I could never, ever find her attractive. And yet, there I was, spending time with Sally and only being able to think about Ruby. It didn't help that Sally was still insisting that I buy her the G-Wagon. Otherwise, she was going to leave me. I honestly wanted to work it out with her. I didn't want to be unfaithful, but Sally didn't do herself any favors. I told myself if I got the promotion I was hoping to get, that was going to set my plan into motion. That weekend, I got named VP of Sales, and the new position came with a hefty bonus. Suddenly, I could buy the G-Wagon. And then some. So Sally badgered me for it day and night. Until one day, I finally said yes. I told her to meet me at a restaurant that was outside of town. It was a really fancy one, and I knew she would do anything to eat there. I didn't drive her, so she took an Uber. Must have cost her a hundred bucks at least, because the place was really far into the countryside. Sally bought a new dress. She was wearing new earrings. She was dressed to the nines. She even had her hair and nails done. I was certain she used my card to buy all those. I checked, and I had the perfect plan that'll catch her off guard. Sally's eyes grew wide as saucers when she realized I'd gotten us the best seats in the house. We had our own private table in the garden, and there were two waiters that just stood there, only serving us. I ordered the most expensive dishes, the rarest of drinks, and after dinner... I told her to follow me. Just outside the garden, there was a huge thing covered in a red cloth. The waiters pulled the cloth off, and there in the middle of the garden was a pristine, pure white G-Wagon trimmed in gold. Sally screamed. Oh my God! You got it! You got it for me! Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you! We should get married! I tingled the keys right in front of her and she grabbed at them like the hungry, desperate little hyena that she was. Oh, 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 wait a sec. Not so fast. I closed my fist and raised my hand up so the key would be out of her reach. The car's not for you. What? For a second, I saw Sally's true colors show. But then she smiled sweetly again. Of... Of course, it's not just for me. 
It's for us. For both of us. Congratulations on your new promotion. We can finally get out of that old, dusty house of yours. I smiled. You will, at the very least. Sally's face went blank. Uh, huh? What are you talking about? Ever wondered why your boyfriend on the side never calls or texts you while we're together? Sally couldn't speak. She had no idea I knew. I dialed her number using a burner phone I bought months ago. Her phone rang. She saw that it was the guy she was cheating with. She dropped her phone in shock. But, uh, Lance, uh, I met him. I spent a lot of time with him. Uh, how did you... I was Lance, Sally. I made him up. I knew you were using me, and I had to find out for myself. The guy you'd been going on dates with is an actor I hired. His real name is Ken, and he's not into girls, so... Sally began to cry. But the car... My dream car! This date! Why would you do this? Car's not for you, sweetie. It's for me and my new girlfriend. And as I said that, the car door opened and out stepped Ruby, looking ten times more beautiful than ever, and sporting a huge diamond ring on her finger. By the way, the stuff you bought for today? I reported it as card fraud. Expect a call from the stores you got those from real soon. Pretty sure they'll want you to pay for all those. And, uh, you're gonna have to find a ride back home. Try the bus. At that, Ruby and I drove into the sunset, leaving Sally there, crying her eyes out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.